So, why refresh? Honestly, because I believe that's how they will feel at the end of the show. Refreshed. Good afternoon. I'd like to welcome you to Refresh, hosted by NHISD Sports Media. My name is Regina Johnson, and I'll be your host for the afternoon. But before we get ready to get into the show, I dare not exit out without welcoming our live studio audience to Refresh. Um, 
in terms of what God has for us. And when I say that, I don't mean that in just a uh, trivial way. I just mean that uh, each and every person, no matter who they are, no matter what you look like, I know that um, God has a plan for each and every one of us and that we are here for a purpose. I do not believe that you're just here just to be sitting on the sideline, picking your nose or, you know, scratching your chin or flipping your lip or belching somewhere. I do not believe that. Right. I believe that we are a people that have been created for a purpose. And, and that purpose is not just to love God, but it is to love one another. Now, when you say that, I have to go back and just kind of share with people just some of your life experiences. Um, you're a retired military. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to share a little bit about that, not about your history, but about so what you're talking about. As a matter of fact, I kind of have a funny story. I've known Tony all my life. Um, and uh, actually, we are actually related, you know, um, which I'm a little partial to her, but she is absolutely amazing. You guys are going to find out. Um, but she graduated as a lieutenant. Oh, I'm promoted. Promoted as a lieutenant. Uh, and you retired as a lieutenant colonel. Yeah. How was that? And it was eight years. That's part of my little funny story. She retired. I didn't even know she had retired. And she's like, yeah, uh, a while ago. I thought she was still active. So, um, anyway, let's tell us a little bit about that, your role in the military as a woman. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, when I um, started in the military, uh, like Regina was saying, oh, I was a second lieutenant. Um, I had uh, joined ROTC. Uh, this was in college. I, I never dreamed of being in the military. That was not something I just woke up and said, oh, I want to be in the military. No, no. My father was in the military, and we were a military family and had moved around. But that wasn't anything I was interested in doing. So I was in college, and a friend of mine was in the uh, ROTC program in college. And she said, hey, uh, you might want to think about ROTC. And I was like, dude, no. That is not for me, wearing a uniform and all that stuff. you got to, you know, bow down to these people. Oh, I'm out, you know? Then she started talking to me about, well, you know, if you just call it, you'll pay for your books and all this kind of stuff. So she called my attention with that. <laughs> so needless to say, I got a full scholarship after I joined ROTC and uh, did real well. Uh, distinguished graduate through ROTC. Uh, uh, became commissioned uh, second lieutenant is what you come in as uh, uh, when you go through the uh, military. And so from there, uh, pretty much, we just, um, um, oh, right after I got to my first duty station and, um, oh gosh, went through, uh, technical school, went through several schools. These are all military schools, you know, because when you go in the military, it doesn't matter if you're an officer or enlisted. And you are an officer. Yeah, definitely. Um, it doesn't matter if you're an officer or enlisted. You must go to school. That is one thing I can say about the military that, uh, gives you a leg up, uh, and this is to anyone that's thinking about a military career or you've been in the military. Uh, the thing about it is anyone that goes in 
you are not just head and shoulders, but you are leaps and bounds ahead of your peers because of the experiences you have. Not just the education, but the places that you go and the level of responsibility. Let me ask you this. Was it challenging? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Not just being in the military, but being a woman in the military. Yes. Rank. Yes. How, oh, definitely. How, what were some of your experiences? Yeah, so uh, when I was talking about leaps and bounds being ahead of your peers, mm-hmm. so for example, as a second lieutenant uh, in Air Force, um, I was a, uh, a section chief, uh, meaning I uh, was an officer in charge, and I had, um, now this is my first job, y'all, I had like 50 people working for me, okay, as a maintenance officer. Now, the 50 people that were working for me, 48 were men, and they were old enough to be my father, every last one of them, okay? So that's a little difficult. And then when you add on top of that being a woman of color, so yes, you have the rank, and the assumption is, oh, if you tell someone to do it, they're going to do it. Well, they may not do it the way you want it done, or they may not do it in a safe manner, or they may just say no. So as a a woman, you, you learn very quickly how to wear your power and then how to assert your power. Now, when I say those words like that, I just mean that the military taught me very quickly um, from the time I was a cadet all the way through retirement and even until now, be confident in yourself because there are challenges that you have to meet. In other words, by not just doing your job, but going through a lot of training and deployments and a lot of physical fitness stuff that you gain confidence, that you can do it. Another thing about the military is that we're a family and a team. So as a woman, there are not going to be any men to carry your things around for you. You better darn well get it done, and you better get it done now. I think I would have some difficult uh, times with that. <laughs> Commission, you knew. Mm-hmm. You just knew. 
this is going to be home? Uh, no, I I questioned the entire time I was in. I questioned the entire time I was in because really my intention was just to get the scholarship and just be in for like a minute. And I just got to keep telling you the uniform and all that. I was like, oh no, this is crazy. My son, I, I don't want to look like the geek. on Gospel 107. We're live on NHISG 101.1 every Sunday. Gospel music from legends Lee Williams, Rance Allen, and Shirley Caesar. Join us for Sunday service delivered by Pastor Regina Johnson, Pastor Russell Moore, and Pastor Johnny Ray Noble. Bible study with Pastor Aaron B. Williams and Christian Talk Radio with Pastor Annetta Watson 
Pastor Annie Sally, Pastor Warren Sally, and Benita Coney. Gospel 107, every Sunday on Never Had It So Good, 101.1. Never Had It So Good 101.1 is proud to have talk radio on their platform. Like Pastor Regina Johnson, Refresh Radio, James Deshay, Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, Daquan King, Revive Radio, Warren Sally with Man Cave Radio, Sky Wonders with Unmuted, Your Voice Matters, Wake Up Call Radio with Pastors Warren and Annie Sally, Peace Within Radio with Henry Washington, the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Dig Radio with Pastor Annetta Watson. Crazy Sports Mom with Doretha Anderson. Been there, done that with Cindy Smith. Pave your way to success with Rudy and Michelle Govan. Spiritually reincarnated with Gilbert Sines. In times like these with Benita Coney. Sports Talk Atlanta with Matt D. and Travis McGee. Sports Talk Carolina with Andre White and Nick Emerson. Sports Talk Money Podcast with Elliot Johnson. Power 803 with Reverend John Robinson. Totally Healed Radio with Angel Anderson. Bless This House Gospel House with Bishop Timothy Henderson. And It's a Way Out and a Way to Stay Out with Marlon Reed. I'm talking about absolutely the best talk show host in the country right here. I never had it so good, 101.1, the world's radio station. Hey guys, this is Regina, and you are listening to Refresh. We are back. Um, our special guest, Hatchet. Uh, if you were not plugged in for the first segment of the show, uh, be sure and go back and listen to the recap. It is absolutely amazing. But you came in at a great time. Tony, I want to welcome you again to the show. Thank you. Very glad to be here. You are welcome. Um, our show uh, today is uh, Women in History. And uh, I think that this uh, young lady is truly not only a, uh, a woman, uh, that's making history, but it's a woman that will be remembered uh, for the things in which she has done uh, in history, uh, long after she long after she is gone. Hey, look, um, we when we were talking just a minute ago before the break, we were sharing about how you have led. You led as an officer in the military. Uh, you retired out as lieutenant colonel uh, from the Air Force in uh, 2008. And you were saying one of the statements in which you made was that you cannot lead from the rear. The rear. The rear. And because you're a strong leader, it made the people that were under you uh, step up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the best way to put it. During uh, that time, you were promoted pretty fast, though. I, I know there are some other things we're going to get onto. Well, it seems to be fast. You were commissioned, uh, you know, out of college, and you became a captain. Well, I came out as a lieutenant, uh, and then, you know, there are certain timelines that you have to hit certain ranks, uh-huh. and uh, again, that's by testing and also 
to make sure that you're mature enough to handle the rain. So you have officers above you that are on board that are reviewing your records. And uh, it's like an interview without you being there. So they're looking at well, your job. Why did it seem like you were really young when you became a captain? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, for a captain, um, you're, you're at a, a, a junior uh, range, and then you can be a mid-range captain, and you can be a senior captain. Okay, so you're talking about someone that's been in anywhere from maybe uh, six years up to maybe 10 to 12. So that range, you can be there for a long time. But however, during that whole time, you have to be moving forward. And if you don't have the right jobs, meaning promotable jobs, responsibilities, uh, deployments, all those things, then that means by the time you meet the board, your promotion board, you will not be promoted. Well, okay, so... But you were driven. I mean, it just seemed like every time we heard something about you, you were being promoted. So I'm sure not everyone that's with you was being promoted like how you were promoted. I think you're being a little modest right now. And I'm not trying to get you, like, to pull you out on the edge. and like, yes, I am. But, I mean, literally, you were just kind of looking along there. Uh, it just, no, yes, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, you're, you're on a track. Okay. And, and, yeah, that's for uh, – I mean, that's for real. That's serious business. Mm -hmm. In the military, you have to be on a track. You have to progress. You must progress. Or, or you get kicked out. Okay. That's, that's through attrition. Okay. Because the military's idea is we got to have folks that are leaders. Mm -hmm. And we have to have people that are going to defend the country and that. know what to do. If you are someone that is stagnant or you are hesitant mm -hmm. or you want to sit on the sidelines, right. the military's not for you. And, and trust me, you don't want anybody like that defending the country. You know what? Uh, I'm glad you said that because, uh, and I don't know if it's just because I'm older now, yeah. but when I see, like, the the military now, they look like little babies. And so I'm, like, going, oh, my goodness. Like, okay, I'm, I'm a little nervous right now. You know, like, I'm taking a flight somewhere, and there's the military on, on board, and they look like, yeah. like they're 12. I'm like, okay, so are they, like, ready? Yeah. Were you, like, really? Ready in the sense of in your uh, personality, you may not be ready. But, however, because of your training, and that's what kicks in. Oh, wow. And, and also, with the different deployments, uh -huh. all the training is about you being ready for certain scenarios. And the thing about it is, you are not the average uh, young person. Uh -huh. You are a person that, that has been given lots of responsibility. And so handling your weapon, mm -hmm. that's second nature to you. Right. Being able to defend whatever it is. Right. We've taught you that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. So you, you would say that I'm in really good hands. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Without a doubt. You're without a doubt. Okay, where are you going with <laughs> Without a doubt. I lost my train of Without uh, a doubt. We're good. We're good. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah, okay. most definitely. All right. Because, you know, when you listen to the news and yeah. all of the yeah. advancement that's going on, yeah. it makes you wonder, are we okay? Can right. We I hear you. Okay. We are okay. I would say yes, without a doubt. And also, I would say that a lot of times the things that are on the news, uh, a, you know, we have our current administration to credit with this, okay? And I do mean credit. Fake news, okay? That's a term we hadn't heard before <laughs> this current administration. And so I can just say as a retiree, as a veteran, that all the news that comes on, it, 
this fake news, some of it, right. not all of it, okay? And as far as the military goes, there are a lot of things that are not on the news for the uh, civilian public on purpose, uh, okay? Because it's for the protection of the American people. Right. And so uh, I, I am and I do say I, I support our military, of course, and that where it comes to the young people, um, and I'm talking about when I was a second lieutenant, I was 21 years old when I first came in. And so, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. And my first job, I had 50. My next job, I was over 100 people, okay? And, I mean, the largest amount of people I've ever been over, if you want to quantify that sort of thing, was when I was a squadron commander. Um, but that was in a student um, environment, in a tech school, and I had 700 young people I was over. So, um, I mean, it demands. Uh, a lot of maturity, mm-hmm. and uh, it ages you in the sense of you become wiser. Mm-hmm. And that's what I meant by you're ahead of your peers, mm-hmm. because you've seen some things that people your your age that are not in the military would never, ever see. Mm-hmm. So you have some opportunities to do some things. So I would say it's a very good opportunity. Now, when you say you've seen some things, you yeah. have you've progressed from uh, the military, and actually, even when you during uh, your stint, still in the military, uh, starting in uh, was it in 1999 that you started? Uh, you became a chaplain. Um, oh yeah, I was in a chaplaincy. Right, right. I was still in, but I had uh, I had uh, switched over to be a reservist, mm-hmm. and uh, I had uh, finished, or no, I was still in seminary at that time. And uh, by the way, it was not my plan. To, uh, be a minister at all. <laughs> that was not something I planned you on. You know what? It's so funny. Do you remember when we were kids? Mm-hmm. We, well, I guess we were kids. We were pretty young. Maybe that was during that time. And we weren't kids. We were just young adults. Maybe. But you said, yeah. I know for a fact that I'm called to be yeah. a pastor. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I, I know that's not my, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, I sure remember you saying that. Wow, wow. Yeah, I, I uh, had been convicted uh, several times where I knew mm-hmm. uh, by the time we had that conversation. Yeah, yeah I did know then. Right. But previously, no. Right no. Uh, no. Uh-huh. I, I had told God no. Oh, Three wow. times. Yeah, wow. that's a whole other story. So you go from uh, military. Well, actually, mm-hmm. it's the same time. It's, it's during the same time frame. Yeah. So you're an officer. Mm-hmm. Now... You're in a chaplaincy program. No, you're in seminary. I'm in seminary, right. You're so in program. I was, my plan had been just to finish up seminary. My last year of school is an internship. So I was looking for a place to do my internship. Okay, well, the VA hospital, one of my advisors, academic advisors, said, well, try the VA hospital. You're a veteran and you're in the military. That might be a good fit. So I just went over there. I didn't think I'd get an interview. I, I, I went over there and I got an interview and I was like, yeah, okay, I'm just trying to get this college credit during the summer and, you know, I just want to check it out and see whatever. I was not interested in chaplaincy at all. Right. Not at all. Right. Okay, well, after I interviewed and I got on, about a week later, I was offered a full-time uh, residency where I was getting paid. Previously, it was just I was going to get college credit, but I wasn't going to get paid. It was just going to do a summer. Right, right. Okay, well, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I loved it. And um, 
loved it in the sense of I enjoyed what I was doing. Yeah. I, I loved the people and I loved the work. And so, um, you know, beyond that, my supervisor at the time and my chief uh, basically talked to me about staying on and um, continuing on. And I was just like, I don't know why you're asking me that. I don't even know what I'm doing. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I got challenged quite a bit by my supervisor. Uh, and this is a short story. Um, he just basically said, well, okay, you don't think you know what you're doing and you don't think you belong here? And I said, no, man, I don't, you know, I don't fit in here. I mean, sorry for this, but the context was the majority of white people. Right, right. And I'm like, man, I, I just don't do, do things like they do. I don't, you know. And so my supervisor just said, okay, well, I want to ask you, when you hear the word chaplain, what comes to your mind? Mm -hmm. And I said, old, white, man. <laughs> and so he laughed a little bit. And I said, I'm serious, dude. That's what I think of. Okay. I said, even in the military, that's who they were. No, I, they didn't listen to me. But I was just like, whatever. Right, right, right. And so he said, okay. He said, that's fair enough. He Let said, me stop you right there. When you think back yeah. to that conversation yeah. and the woman that you are today, yeah. are you like just going away? Just uh, that like, oh my goodness. Like, so, so here's the rest of the story. Here's the rest of the story. My supervisor said, okay, well, that's your image, right? And I said, yeah. He said, okay, so when we have staff members that come to the office, and they are looking for the chaplain. Right. We have been in meetings, and we've had our meetings interrupted by a staff member that's looking for the chaplain. And I said, yeah, why do they go to you? And so I said, well, I he said, and when you go to see a patient, do they not say, chaplain, good to see you, or hey, chaplain, right. I have seen you across the hospital, and trust me, there are several staff members, family members, and patients that are recognizing you as the chaplain. Wow. And I said, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he said, so how is it that they see you, the chaplain, but you don't see yourself? Right. So I was convicted. Right. And, I mean, I've had a lot of different experiences since then that I know without a shadow of a doubt uh, yeah, this is my mantle. I walk in it, and I have no problem with that. No doubts about it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. When you were saying that you were a chaplain, mm -hmm. you said one of the things earlier today as we were prepping for the show, you said one of the things that you you have um, come to learn mm -hmm. that really at the end of the day that we are just all God's uh, people and that color really is not it's really not an issue. It's not an issue. Not at all. It's not an issue. Isn't that funny how when God begins to train the show, he pulls us from the extremes. Yeah. One side of the room to the right. other. Right. The word of healing used, be used uh, how he has chosen uh, to use our lives. For well, him. I, I will tell you another uh, way that God convicted me uh, uh, since we're on that particular track is um, even in seminary, um, I, I went and go currently to school to a uh, majority white uh, seminary. Uh, and so at school, uh, one of my classmates challenged me because I had been invited to uh, uh, preach at a, uh, a camp setting. 
And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. And this was from one of the uh, white students. And so this was a huge gathering for this particular denomination during the summer. And it was to their youth. And I was like, yeah, I know my background's in youth ministry and stuff, but I don't know about this. So one of my classmates who's African-American, he said, Tony, you know what you need to do? And I said, uh, what? He said, you need to quit questioning God about who God is having to come and hear you. Because you don't get to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. He said, no, I really wouldn't pray about that. Because, I mean, you really need to get past that. That just because this is where you came from and the context you came from, that's not going to be the context that God has for you. God chooses that for us. Wow. Wow. So that helped me quite a bit. And ever since then, I mean, um, the doors have been blown off to where, especially being at the VA, uh, Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, that's the context I'm in. And so, uh, you know, veterans can look like anyone and come in all shapes, sizes, and forms. And orientations and different faith traditions and so um at the va um all faith traditions are equal Mm -hmm. and so you know for some of our uh, we have students uh these are folks that are training to become chaplains Mm -hmm. uh it is difficult if you're working with someone who has never traveled Mm -hmm. or someone who has never uh, been outside of their own um homogenous uh neighborhood mm-hmm. and a lot of times we give patients that come from small towns where everyone looks just like them mm-hmm. and then they come to a huge metropolitan area like Dallas and they're quite threatened because for them being an American means being a white man mm-hmm. the hospital doesn't look anything like that wow. I mean we have all different nationalities wow. all different ethnicities wow. different religions and it sounds like the God's really stretched you over the past. Absolutely. Years and giving you a new perspective or perception of really what serving him looks like. Absolutely. And that stretching happened many, many moons ago. <laughs> and when I say that, I just mean when I was a student as a uh, chaplain back in 99. Hey, look, guys, I don't want you to go away. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment. You listen to Regina Johnson. I'm your host, and this is Free Fresh.
guys, this is uh, Regina, and you are listening to Refresh uh, here on NHISG Sports Media. I am here with my very special guest, Tony Ayacha. If you missed the show, uh, I want you to go back and listen to the recap. You don't want to miss it. An incredible, inspiring uh, young lady, someone that is near and dear to my heart, uh, one to be admired. And uh, so, Tony, I know we're here on the last leg of the show. I want to just thank you so much for just being here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Hey, look, we have talked about, you know, um, where you retired. You you retired about eight years ago. No, longer than that. Let's try 11 years ago uh, from the military, which you, it, it doesn't even seem like that's possible. Uh, yeah, you still seem like a, a kid. But, um, yeah, I'm like going, okay, so I'm like something just happened, uh, which means that because I'm, technically older than you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that means, right. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to move right along quickly. Quickly. Yeah. We're like shooting right by that. And so, um, but so you, you, you retired as a Lieutenant Colonel. Uh, you are a chaplain, uh, at the VA, like the, the one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're clinical staff chaplain and, uh, you're also an overseer. You are working currently on your PhD. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your life is full. You, you have lived a full life. <laughs> you know, it's not over. Let's go, right? No, neither am I. Neither am I. I know that your goal has been to actualize a And so, when you look at your life, uh, where you've been, Right, right. And the greater thing about that is um, it, it takes a lot to be able to 
know the truth or even want the truth or be able to excavate, get up under all the dark and nasty stuff to actually see the truth. And so um, that that is something that um, I, I want to say in my uh, life, in my uh, lived journey, and even in hindsight, um, I think that's been something I have been working at for a long time. I've always been a person to ask questions, and most of the questions I would ask were not necessarily to challenge people altogether, but it's because I just wanted to know for myself. But I realized in my youth that, hey, you know, you're you're kind of going against the grain here. You're upsetting, you know, the establishment. <laughs> so, so that's why I, I don't have such a, a harsh hand when it comes to young people because, you know, young people, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be inquisitive. You're supposed to ask questions. And the time that we stop asking questions, that's the time when we stop growing. That's part of the breakdown between uh, the younger generation and the one now, especially with us, because we were raised in a time where um, your parents would tell you, you know, don't ask me why. Just do as I say and uh, and, and use that to button your lips and go on. And, and you did what they said. You didn't know why you were doing it. And, and it's not only just in your regular life, but even in your life, uh, your relationship with, with the Lord, you know. Uh, you just kind of did it, and you asked no question. And when things looked a little weird or strange or no one could explain it, you just became a part of that fact that couldn't explain it. And this is a generation where they just don't lay down for that. They want answers. I want to, I want to um, amend a little bit of what you said. Because for me, um, I would say that on the outside, that probably looked like what I was doing. But on the inside, that is not at all what I was doing. Because even when I was told, I mean, I used to battle a lot with my mother, back and forth, baby. Oh, I because, um, and my mother. she, yeah, they, they had a way of doing things, and this is how they wanted it done. But for me, I didn't always mean it as I want to overthrow the government. <laughs> I am trying to understand why is it like this. Right. Because it doesn't make sense to me. Right. That, um. You should have to do. You should have to stay in this little role here. And so, what I have learned—not uh, just now, but I've learned throughout my life—it's been a process that we are a people that we have freedom and liberty. And I don't just mean that as Americans. I mean that in God, destiny. We have liberty to live life fully. And the only way you can live life fully is to be fully who you are. Right. But the problem is... I want to interrupt you. Uh-huh. Why don't you come to a place where you were confident mm-hmm. in being fully who you are? Going against a lot of people yeah. and a lot of adversity. Yeah. And it's, it's not a good thing because... Uh, I say that because uh, it's not popular. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times uh, uh, you're, you're out there by yourself. I, I have to be honest. It's very much a risk, and it's not um, it's not a place for the uh, faint of heart. It, it is something that will develop you in the fire, but you you have to. Uh, I say have to. Uh, what I mean is that it's helpful if you 
learn to become your own person. And that means you have to think for yourself, think critically, Mm -hmm. and constantly ask, well, why is it this way? Right. And but how does this make sense? Right. And and I mean genuinely asking the question because you want to know the answer, right. not to not be a smart aleck. And not living a life that's reckless. Correct. You know, like and, and not in my life. Right. You know, keep it real. Oh, please. I'm gonna do. That's not what you're talking. No, not at all. Okay. If I could say the young people's language, like, yeah, that's what staying woke means: is asking questions and critically analyze the information that's being given to you. Okay, critically analyzing meaning, what does this mean not just for me, but what does it mean for the community? And what is the impact on the community? See, if you are a person that is selfish and it's all about making a dollar and making paper and all that, you can't be woke. You can't. You can't be woke because you're too busy looking at the very superficial things that will not last. Woke folk are looking at the things that are going to impact us forever and the things that we need to get out of the way so that we can live life fully. that's just something that um, 
Not that I don't fear death. I, I, I do in a sense of healthy respect for it. But I also know that if it is time for me to lay down or when God calls me home, that'll be God's decision. But it will be in the time where I will have attempted to live life fully according to me bringing about a change so that God's kingdom and God's people, whoever God's people are, that not just about knowing God, but also us knowing one another, being in relationship with one another. We are not created as a people, as human beings. We are not created to be isolated. We are not created to be in a hierarchical structure. We are created to be in relationship with one another. And that means regardless of what the person looks like, meaning knowing who your neighbor is. We have like probably about three more minutes. And uh, I just want you to just from a female perspective, what is something that you would like, just like your final words here on the show, you would like to leave for women who haven't challenged themselves? Oh, wow. Um, gosh, in three minutes? Okay. Um, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you the bottom line that I think that um, young women and then um, women, our generation, and even the generation ahead of ours, uh, I think it's important for women to, at all costs, always value yourself, respect yourself in the sense of there's only one you. And you have been fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image. And what that means is that you are precious in God's sight. So that means that we don't sell ourselves cheap. And when I say that, I don't mean just our body. But I mean your mind and all the things that you can do. You can do as many things as you can imagine you can do. No man, no woman be able to stop you from being what God has created you to do. So what that means is that there are going to be times that we as women have to pick ourselves up and move out and get out beyond where some people want to keep us behind. And I will say that as a woman, I I have to say that it's important that we as women have our own resources and quit depending on someone else to do it for you. You'll never know what you're capable of if you don't get out there and do it yourself. There are many that uh, I have to say I have admired from afar, and this is not a slight on anyone, okay, but I have a great admiration for our single mothers. Single mothers, not just because they are doing it and they have done it, but just because they have staying power, resilience, and even whether the children turn out the way you want them to turn out or not, the fact that you stood I have several friends that are single parents, not because they wanted to be, but I thank God for them because they set an example for me that there is no limit to what you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, you heard it. You heard it first here on Refresh. Um, Tony, it is absolutely amazing. I'm so glad to have had you here. Um, and uh, I think that this is going to be an amazing show. Hey, look, if you're just plugging in, be sure and go back and get the recap. Um, uh, man, it, it's going to be amazing. I know you're going to be blessed because I have you. Hey, guys, I got to get out of here. This is Regina. You are listening to Refresh. 
I'll catch you next week. Same back time, same back channel. Oh, my job. Tony, I said, listen to refresh. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.